G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Just gone 7 o'clock. Good evening to you wherever you are around Aotearoa, New Zealand, or if you're listening on the SENZ or SEN app in Australia. G'day, how are you? What's going on? A busy old show. Murph, how are you, mate? Going all right there, Stephen. Going okay. Busy shows, and shortly on the line we'll be yeah. talking to Mr. Rally Skoda New Zealand, Skoda Rally Team Man, a driver, pilot, Ben Hunt. Uh, I'm really looking forward between 8 and 9 because we're going to play the whole interview you did with Trevor Carlin of Carlin Motorsport. And that actually ties into our question today because, of course, uh, we are giving away Murph the beer pong table tonight. The question will be, what team does Liam Lawson drive for in Formula 2? The Temper Bedpost text line is double eight double three. Or you can call us because we do love a chat, 0800 150811. Uh, was it a good chat, Murph? Because I've heard bits of it and I'm, I'm actually quite intrigued. What, are we going to learn lots? about Carlin Motorsport? Yeah, I think so. I think um, we're going to... I, I, Trevor gives his opinion on a few things. We talk a bit about IndyCar too because he, he did spend four years with oh, wow. Carlin in IndyCar and he gives a reason why uh, they're not still there but um, has a chat about uh, Scott McLaughlin as well hmm. um, and obviously we cover off uh, Liam Lawson. We cover off what happened on the weekend. Uh, great uh, sort of insights there into uh, teamwork and also, um, obviously, have a chat about Louis Sharp. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good one. Yeah, we've got Liam Lawson coming around 7.35 this evening and not too far away as well. Drifter Darren Kelly about to explode onto the uh, Formula Drift scene in the US this weekend at Long Beach. But let's, let's not muck around. Big news at the weekend. Uh, ben Hunt's gone from a Subaru, Subaru. Well, we, we, we never figured out. But he's now an official Skoda driver. That's right. He's an official Skoda driver. And big Ben Hunt joins us right now. Hey, buddy, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. How are you guys? We are good. Uh, Skoda, doesn't doesn't sound right, but I bet you it drives real good. Yeah, it's, um, you know, pretty exciting opportunity. We've been working on it for a long time. I think Murph probably re- uh, remembers me ringing him uh, July or somewhere around there last year, um, you know, before I went into the meeting with Richard and, and Rodney at Guild Traps and Skoda and um, you know, so excited to pull it off. It's, uh, you know, the car's a dream to drive and, um, you know, it is world class and probably the most winning uh, Rally 2 car in the world, I'm pretty sure. So um, to have one in New Zealand, brand new from the factory, um, you know, yeah, I'm still drooling over it. <laughs> I'm sure you are still drooling. Nothing like a, a new a new Rally car, mate. They don't look that good for too long. Um, but uh, you've just basically laid it out on the ground there doesn't sound like you've got any excuses uh, now. You've got all the tools you need to do the job. Is that right? Yeah, it's, um, you know, if, if you went out there and um, and said you, you were going to um, beat Hayden Patton, then you'd be putting on some pretty big red bands. But, um, you know, we're, um, we, we weren't ready to, you know, um, give up yet. We, and, and, like, we, we picked the, the right weapon and uh, we did a couple of days testing at it in the weekend. And as you say, it's, um, pretty gravel rest and doesn't look like it's just rolling out in the factory anymore. But um, yeah, it's it's um, awesome and a lot of learning. It's um, completely different to anything I'm used to. Um, you know, so many people have asked me to compare it to the Sabara and is it faster and is it this? But um, as as well as you, you know, as well as I do that, you know, you can't even compare the the two cars. You know, one's a production based car and one's a 
purpose-built um, race car. So, yeah, it's so exciting. And um, the team at Skoda New Zealand is 120% behind it. So it's awesome to have, have that excitement. And um, the team in, in Czech are uh, just as excited as the Kiwis. And, you know, they're helping out heaps of the technical side of it. And, um, yeah, so it's awesome to see little old New Zealand getting that much support. So we talk about adjustments the, uh, adjustments to driving. You say you can't really compare the two, but what adjustments as a pilot are you doing? Well, for a start, I'm sitting on the left-hand drive of the car, which I actually love, so oh. um, that's, a, that's a big change. And, yeah, just the sheer size of the car and, um, you know, how it reacts. As You know, there's, you went from the Subaru had huge steering input, whereas um, a Rally 2 car, if you can minimise the input, then they're fast, so... Um, yeah, it's a it's a lot to learn, but um, I'm loving it. And you know, I don't think ever in my career I've done two days testing back to back. But Paul Wake to actually pry me out of the seat to stop wearing the car. It was that much fun to drive. So yeah, can't wait to get down to Otago. So so with that, I mean, um, you know, you know it's going to be good. Uh, so just just try and uh, give the give everyone that's listening. Um, the just a few little ideas idiosyncrasies between the two cars um clearly you get you, you get in that new skoda and you know it's good so you start to you know, obviously push pretty much straight away to learn and and work out how to how to how to drive it and how to be fast um so so what are you straight away feeling the difference between is it the weight uh sort of the wheelbase is it the nimbleness what what's what really has got you so excited about um what you're capable of doing with this car I think the biggest thing um, is definitely how nimble it is. It's, you know, you, you only have to drive it out onto the road here in Pukekohe and um, without even turning a wheel on gravel. And, you know, you, you turn the wheel and it's, and it, it's so reactive. And, um, yeah, and then when you put that on gravel, it's, you know, like the input that you actually have to put into it is nothing for it to go around the corner. Whereas, you know, in a production-based car, you really have to set the car up for the corner and, and you know you're a long way before the apex, whereas these are just they just do everything that you want them to. So yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing from a driving point of view is just trying to keep it smooth and yeah, and, and not get too carried away and carry your speed. Yeah, you're genuinely excited. You can hear it in your voice, uh, Benny. But I suppose there's two things: expectations about uh, the national championship, but actually expectations going into Repco Rally New Zealand in a genuine a genuine car in the WRC two class. Yeah, I, like obviously the New Zealand Rally Championship is important to us, but you know we've got three or four rallies before the WRC round to learn the car, and you know the boys to learn the car because obviously rallying not just a driver. You you know you got your co-driver and your team, and without everyone doing their part, then you're not going to be at the pointy end. So we just want to come into the WRC and, you know, then that'll be a good measure against the likes of Mickelson and all the Rally 2 boys that are coming from overseas. And, you know, what better chance to, to race against, you know, the best in the world in, in, a, in a WRC 2 rally car. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't turn that opportunity down. <laughs> Grabbed it with two hands and, yeah, loving it. Um, Otago's just around the corner next week, um, isn't it? I think, yeah, it is. Yeah. First hit. So, so how how I mean, there's been so much to do, uh, so little time, really. Uh, how how prepared are you? I mean, we, where are you? If you could, you know, let's say 100, percent we're just everything 
is where it needs to be. Uh, testing, you know, couldn't be better. Where are you? How close to 100% um, in control and ready are you for, for a target? Well, probably maybe 70 or 80 percent. You know, with um, Dad's flying up from Nelson on Sunday, and and then we're he's driving the the truck and trailer down to to Nelson, having a rest for a few days. So we haven't got that many days left to actually get everything um, everything sorted. But you know, we're 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 not rushing anything. We we want to learn the car, so we're all, we've been working on the car every night till late. You know, pulling it apart and just seeing how everything works is um, it's so much different than a Subaru and um, yeah it's just trying to make everything look professional yeah, the truck's had a big overhaul we've got a new enclosed trailer that's um, been sign written and just trying to turn up to the first rally and look as professional as you can and um, yeah just put on a good show right from the start. Ever think you'd be driving a Skoda? <laughs> well actually I didn't know what I'd be driving this year because my little one year old daughter wants her dad dad at home all the time so for my wife and everyone to actually let me do this is pretty awesome and um, we've got a lot going on with work and everything so no, I probably actually didn't think I, I would be but um, yeah I'm going to just go as hard as we can and um, yeah and uh, sorry Paul's just shooting off and telling me he's bringing me dinner back <laughs> but yeah no it's, it's an awesome opportunity and um, I think probably what I'm most excited about is just how enthusiastic everyone is and all the sponsors and um, that stuck on board from, you know, for the last nine or 10 years and, um, and just, you know, meeting a whole new bunch of people through Gill Traps and Skoda New Zealand. It's just the whole thing's exciting. And yeah, I am buzzing. I haven't um, felt like this um, about rallying for quite a few years. So um, although I absolutely love our time with Subaru, just, it's just a whole new, I love a challenge and it's, yeah, it's all new. Happy for you, Ben. Go well, my friend. There you go, Ben Hunt, and part of the official Murphy Skoda Rally Team New Zealand. How, how cool is that? I mean, what, what intrigues me, you might be able to help me out here, he actually likes driving on the left-hand side, left steer. I don't, I don't, I don't think as much. I mean, I've driven lots of left-hand drive cars. He's yep. a professional race car driver or rally driver. I, I, left or right, you, you fall into getting used to it very very quickly especially you know when it when it comes to a um a road that you are going in one direction with no one coming the other way you know sometimes you're on the left hand side of the car up against the bank or the trees sometimes you know um it's the other way around just like it would be if you're in a right hand drive car so i i i, I get it it's just something that a driver adapts to very quickly and and recognizes and moves on with big deal right this is a big deal for ben Oh, massive! Uh, it's a huge deal. I mean, you know, we've we've been hearing and seeing, you know, Hayden dominate uh, in this space for a long time, and rightly so. And uh, you know, his deal with Hyundai. I mean, it's a it's a effectively pseudo factory down here. Every time he's been running, huge support in his AP4 um, Hyundai. Um, you know, but now he's uh, going to be uh, shipping off overseas and and going into the it's the Hyundai version of what. Uh, uh, Ben's got in an R5 Hyundai um, when he goes over there soon. Um, so what Ben's got here is, you know, that is that factory car that he uses. And there's other ones in New Zealand. There's other, there's uh, Fiesta R5s and there's other Skoda R5s and stuff. So factory cars built for WRC2 um, already here in New Zealand. So um, it, it just bolsters an already incredibly strong championship, um, which is which is ma- massively exciting for 
for the sport here. It's, and and then the build-up to WRC coming later on the year. Just yeah. mega. Beat me to it. It is mega. Don't forget Repco Rally New Zealand, September 29 through October 2. The staging area will be at uh, Wynyard Quarter. It's uh, 12 minutes past 7. This is Repco Race Control. Question of the day, because we are giving away the Repco Beer Pong table tonight. What team does Liam Lawson drive for in Formula 2? You can text us on the Temper Bedpost text line, 8833, or call us... You know we're up for a chat. 0800 150811. Mark has said Alpha Tori. <clears throat> Wrong. Uh, we're talking Formula 2, Mark. And uh, Dave, who says, hi, Steve. Steve. Oh, okay. And Murph. Doesn't like, like that. Don't like that. Just, just Lo- note, to, note to everybody out there listening, Stephen does not, not like being called Steve. Love a beer pong table. Carlin Motorsport. Ding! That, of course, is the right answer. So there you know the answer now. Get in because before 9 o'clock this evening, we give away the Repco beer pong table. Coming next, we go drifting with Darren Kelly. Mm-mm. 717, this is Repco Race Control with McIver and Murph. The question of the day to win the Repco Beer Pong table, what team does Liam Lawson drive for? Hey, if you're going to text us on the Temper Bedpost text line, put your name in. Your phone number doesn't help because we want to know who you are. But guess what? People in Sydney want to talk to us. Don't know about you Kiwis, but Mark is calling from... Where's Quaker Hill, Mark? Northwest Sydney. G'day, boys. How are you? We're good. We're good. But uh, So you're listening on the SEN app, are you? Uh, yes, the SENZ. Oh, okay. Well, fantastic. All right. So the question is, what team does Liam Lawson drive for in Formula 2? Well, my answer was Skoda. <laughs> Your answer is wrong. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Uh, well, better... I just want to... I just want to say, you, you guys are great to listen to. Thanks for your show, because it's great listening. And I'm half Kiwi myself. My mum was from Murchison in the South Island. I lived over there for 15 years. So it's always great to hear a good New Zealand show on the radio. So thanks for all you do. Well, we, we hey, good on you. We're, we're, we're humbled. Awesome. In fact, I've gone all blushy. So is Murph. So, hey, Mark, thanks, but uh, not, not the right answer. Thanks a lot. To feel free to text okay. us if you want to when you hear the right answer, all right? All righty, there's Mark from Quaker Hill in Sydney. How about that, Murphy? Eh? How's that? Uh, uh, Keith? Do you think he's the only one? The only one in Australia? I don't know. Well, just the fact that he likes the show, I'm very, I'm very happy with it. All right, let's move on. 7.19. Big weekend for Darren Kelly. He's the Valvoline D1NZ Drift Champion from last year. Uh, but he got the opportunity to go and build a new car, which he won't tell us about, uh, for the start of – you know what Formula Drift is, Murph? Oh, it's it's pretty serious sort of stuff going on in the US over here. <laughs> it is, it is big. 30, 37, 37 drivers, but they cut that down to 34 for race weekend. First weekend there is in Long Beach. I spoke to him earlier today, and uh, the question I had, I had simply heard that, mate, you got to Phoenix, the car's been in bits, you've been spending 24 hours a day getting it sorted. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, definitely been a very, very big week. Uh when I arrived, uh, the engine was actually 28 hours away in uh, Atlanta, and it was on an engine dyno there getting tuned. Um, we had a couple of days' work for, for us to keep busy working on the actual car itself. But, um, yeah, then, then two, two of the guys drove from uh, from Atlanta to Phoenix with the engine, and um, we spent basically all night putting it in. Um, which we finally completed. Um, it probably took us, um, considering this is the first time that the car's actually gone together completely, 
um, assembled with everything in it for, for the final time. So there was a lot of little things that we had to just take our time with and, and get right. So about 36 hours later, we, we had a, a semi-running car um, ready to fire up and, um, yeah, gave it its first little kick in the guts. So all has worked out, but uh, we've still got a lot of work ahead of us and we've got uh, two days, basically, less than two days until we have to be in, in Long Beach at round one. So can you tell me how big the engine is? Uh, currently, it's a 6.2 litre. Um, obviously, something very different to what I have built in the past. Um, yeah, it's without giving too much away. It's <laughs> something that people are going to be pretty excited about, I think. It's something that we've um, put a lot of work into, and and hearing it is, is everything. So... Um, now that we have heard it, we've, we've, yeah, we've definitely um, agreed that we made the right decision going this way. Let's talk about Formula Drift because though we, we know about Valverdine D1NZ. We love it. But Formula Drift, is this the pinnacle of drift racing? Yeah, I, I think it's um, for a long time been, for me, regarded as a very high-level championship for, for the world. And um, something that was always a, a, a dream to explore different countries competitions in different countries um eventually i would love to do some competition in uh possibly japan or uh in europe so um yeah for us this year um things had changed a lot and and america had actually become one of the easier options for us to achieve so um with the harder racing being based in the states and um having all the infrastructure to run in a national championship it made it a lot easier for us to plan uh, plan the competition season here. So, um, yeah, it's sort of the reason we threw some ideas around, um, built a car, and and yeah, hopefully we are we're ready for the start of the season. How tough is the competition, Darren? Uh, well, it's super hard to know at this stage, but um, obviously, been watching these guys for years. Everyone is. Uh, extremely good at what they do. They have um, endless amounts of times and uh, time in their cars and development and uh, yeah, just the the length of time that they've been going to these tracks is something that, that we're going to have to pick up pretty quickly to, to compete with. But um, I'm always up for the challenge. Um, I love going to new tracks and um, yeah, I think we've got a really, really high level uh, of driver talent in New Zealand. So hopefully we are on the same page as everyone here. Interesting, looking at the tracks, you've got Long Beach first up, then Atlanta, which is the Road America course, Orlando, New Jersey, St. Louis, Washington, Utah, Irwinda. What sort of tracks are we talking about here? Are they quite different each round? Yeah, they've got a very, very diverse uh, uh, amount of tracks over here. We go from Long Beach, which is completely flat, but it's got zero room for error. You've got concrete walls literally every clipping point. Um and then we go to um, Atlanta, which is an open racetrack again, but it's it's up a very steep hill. It's into a keyhole. It's more low speed, high, high speed entry, low speed around the keyhole. Um, then you go to some other tracks, which are a huge banks like old NASCAR tracks that are um, wow. like you come like Orlando, for example. You come off the bank, and the car nearly compresses and bounces back off the ground because it's such a sharp transition to the to the infield. So. Um, a very, very big 
um, difference from track to track. And something that we tried to factor into the build of the car was to make sure it could be set up to to cater for all of these different tracks. And um, yeah, it's something we we've only been able to really do off of watching. Um, the series from from the outside, so it's going to be something we're going to have to keep an eye on and develop as we go. There's going to be endless amounts of changes to the car as we as we figure out what works and what doesn't work and how we can improve and and just what other teams do at different tracks is going to be a very big learning year for us. I know you're up for the challenge, but as a driver, how big is this challenge after what you've described about some of these tracks? Yeah, well, it's a uh, it's a very very big part of the whole whole factor is um, is the driving side of things. There's obviously a lot with the car setup and, and building a car that's capable of doing all this, but um, the, you can't build a car that's going to put itself on an inch from the from the wall on a uh, a twenty degree bank track. So it's um, definitely something I'm going to have to yeah practice. Um, been doing a lot of stuff on the sim trying to just get familiar with the tracks and I've even this is another thing with the car but we've I've had to convert my uh, sim to left hand drive so um, that's another factor that we've got to be aware of and just try to manage it the best I can but after having a little little drive of the car today I think we're going to be alright. Alright now I hear uh, that renegade Cole Armstrong's coming across to give you some advice <laughs> Yeah um, yeah, he never never misses the opportunity to to uh, get involved, and yeah, he's going to come up to, to round one, and um, I think he's a big help. As much as um, he likes to have, have a good time and um, <laughs> have some fun, it's, uh, he's really good to have as someone on your team. So he'll be a big help for sure. Oh, that's that's well. Actually, what what help will he give you? Is it more mental help or just getting up your uh, getting up you to say, come on, you can do this. Yeah, it's, it's, with him, it's almost it's everything. He can he can say um, I can say things to him where he will understand it exactly from a driver's perspective. Um, from an outside perspective, he can watch and 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 say like he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He'll say straight up like you need to go faster, or you need to get out to the wall further, or you need to do this or or something that other drivers are doing that I'm not doing. He's definitely not afraid to say. So it's. Um, Things like that that from a driver's perspective you just you just see a lot clearer than than the general public or somebody from the outside. So um I think it'll be a massive help for, for us to especially with round one. It's a it's a very very technical track and something we we're not gonna have any near no practice laps on. So um we get basically three hours of practice throughout the whole pro pro field on Thursday and then we're straight into qualifying on Friday. So it's uh, a track where you just have to turn up and know what you're doing and get it done. So it's um, going to be a big help having him on our side for this round, for sure. Oh, that's so exciting to hear, mate. Uh, Chase, uh, your, your, your wee baby and Kelly, have they settled into uh, the American life quickly? Yeah, yeah. They're, um, they've been loving it there. We yeah, stayed, stayed in Phoenix this time and... Um, it's a it's a nice city. It's got a lot of uh, walkways and shopping and all sorts of stuff. So they've been hanging out and um, coming down to the workshop and stuff, and still still being around and um, yeah, being able to see them has been obviously a big big part. It's hard to be away for three plus weeks at a time if, if they weren't here. So it's, it's definitely cool to have them here for sure. Can only wish you best, buddy. Go well and well, well, we'll figure that car out soon enough. Go get them.
Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we have figured it out pretty much. We're not supposed to say, we are supposed to say, but it's probably one of the worst kept secrets. A bit as, as Merv Ben said about a Skoda, but we believe it. We believe it's a 6.2 litre V12 Aston Martin. First ever Aston Martin drift, <gasps> drift car. Oh my God, no. Really? <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine? Can you oh, imagine? What do you mean? You mean you mean what he drove in the New Zealand Endurance Championship with Alex Ribeiro's same <laughs> you know same kind of thing for the last couple of seasons. Oh, but well, can, I didn't see that coming. But can wow. you imagine that? Can you imagine that as a drift car? No, I can't because I'm not a drifter. But I'm sure. I mean, that, I think that's awesome. I mean, there's there's some weird and wacky and wonderful machines that uh, these drifting guys go and build, guys and girls go and build. I mean, there's these bloody V12 Ferrari engines whatever's and all sorts of and it's awesome brendan I mean, hartley's just, brother has, so that's going to be brendan, going to be pretty special to have darren representing again with the new zealand flag on a car and another uh yeah. form of motorsport at, a, at the international level just sensation you know what i'd like to see i'd like to see you actually have a crack at it a proper crack at drifting like <laughs> race drifting why not not interested ever no. sat ever been in no. a drift car yeah, I've driven one. I've I've done a bit of. I've had a crack at it a couple of times. Just, I mean, I, I, as I said, I've said to people before, incredible skill set. So appreciate what they do because it is, it's it's not easy. It is so hard and clever. The best guys are just so good at it, but it's just not for me. All right, okay. I was th- I was getting a bit excited there for a moment. There you go, Valvoline D One NZ Drifter Series Twenty Twenty Two, not too far away as well. Look at the time already. It's half past seven. We'll talk Liam Lawson <laughs> shortly. Seven thirty-four. This is Repco Race Control with McIver and Murph. Liam Lawson, not too far away. But Murph, we're going to talk about another Liam and a lot of young kids that uh, did so well at the weekend of the last weekend of the uh, Road and Cars Super GT Series. Let's start with the other Liam. Liam Skeets, uh, uh, first round of the two-round Napa Auto Parts Formula Ford Championship. Four out of four. Not a bad effort, eh? Yeah, great effort. Um, some great racing uh, in the Formula Ford, and uh, except uh, Liam had a pretty dominating weekend. Just great to see 17 cars turn up for a round of National Formula Ford. It's been um, really, really struggling along the last few years, but there's some great people uh, working very hard to, to get a, a, bit of, a bit of life back into Formula Ford. Um, and, you know, I take my hat off to them because it's still a great category that needs to be preserved and still has, um, you know, such a great space as far as a stepping stone for the future champions. And, of course, and the one thing that I really loved was watching the Toyota 86 racing series because I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Zach Stitchery yep. got a win. Marco Giltrap got a win. Hugo Allen was a lights to flag win. But I just thought, and, and congrats, by the way, to Ronan getting his first genuine uh, podium, a P2. Uh, I, I just thought that the the skill sets being shown by some of these kids uh, over, the, over the round as the weekend went on was really cool. There's a lot of talent, a lot of skills, but there's a lot of, they're all desperate too. And you can see by the racing and some of the issues that are going on in the championship right now, they're, they're all trying to, um, you know, be the next Shane Van Gisbergen. You know, that's that's where they all want to be. They all want to be racing overseas and they're all desperate. So the, uh, the young brains, not necessarily thinking far ahead, but the racing and the intensity and the skill sets that a lot of them have got is, you know, it's uh, the future is very, very sound again for the next uh, the next wave to to end up going wherever they're going to go in, in motorsport I think though in both in both of those 
uh, classes, big fields make a difference, don't they? Particularly, and, and when cars are even, so you get great racing. Well, the, the TR86 championship, Toyota invested massive, massive amount of money, and it, and it is a genuinely quality championship. The one-make formula is, is controlled very, very well. Um, you know, everyone has got the same cars. Everyone's got, you know, all the same tools to, to fight with, essentially. And it, it's not coming down to who's got the most money, and that's what it should be about. It should be about um, putting everyone in a car, evil level playing field, and letting them go for it. And um, and you know that's what I love about that championship. And and with the prizes that are up for grabs, the opportunities that are up for grabs, we've got a you know a near full field of TR eighty sixes, and um, you know uh, the the battles are great. The racing it's and the racing is good, and that's what we want to see. We want to see great competition in Formula Ford, and um, and certainly TR eighty six is showing great competition. Ah, it's so good to watch. As is uh, Formula Two, not too far away from Liam. Lawson, by the way, he drives for Carlin Motorsport. And Michael Burrows, or Michael, thank you. Oh, you told your name now. That's okay. Michael, you did get it right. Thank you for putting your uh, name on the Timber Bedpost text line, double A double three. He's actually, here's, here's how funny it is, Murph. Michael's also said, hey, I think Kelly's new drift car is an Aston Martin with a 6.9 litre V12. <laughs> awesome show, Stephen Murph. Uh, Steve again. Okay, there, there, there we go Steve. again. All right, well, uh, Trevor Carlin is between eight and nine. Murph's done amazing, a really cool interview. This, this The history of Carlin you will discover is stunning but one man that drives them is Liam Lawson who joins us now from his English basin uh, uh, Liam after Jeddah Murph and I uh, thought that sprint race of yours was a, a a real mature drive how did you rate it yeah no it was uh it was good it's a very good race for us I think um this year a lot definitely a lot changing a lot needs to change from from last year's um season I think obviously we we were fast in places last year but Definitely the consistency was lacking and, and this year that's something we want to be absolutely on top of and I think um, that was the target basically in that situation. I had a good start but going off you know previous races in Jeddah and obviously that one as well, there was just a chaos completely behind, also in front. Um, so staying out of trouble really was the target for the first bit and then in the last sort of seven laps when we went racing properly, um, I, I had good pace. I just had to pass a couple of cars Managed to get Jake, obviously, in the last couple of laps. He was on, on an alternate strategy, and um, and obviously we were able to to win the race. So I think it was good, but obviously in, with this year's format as well, with the sprint race being less points um, and only having one of them, it's really important to be to be doing well in those feature races. Yeah, do you want to talk about that feature race? Just Is it just one of those things, as gutting as it is? Absolutely. It's just, just one of those things, and I think at the time, obviously... Absolutely sucked, but um, that's that's part of it. In, in Formula Two, we you know we don't have as many crew members on pit stops as you see in Formula One and things like that. It's it's quite a tough situation to be in. Um, very high pressure as well. Obviously, you, you yeah you can imagine. I, I can imagine at least. Um, obviously, a lot of a lot of pressure for those guys in, in the pit stop, and it's very very common to have small mistakes. I think it was just unlucky that um, the one we had was obviously. Uh, basically killed the race for us. So um, just just one of those things. But um, obviously, we need to make sure that we don't we don't have this have this again. What did you say to your crew? Uh, oh, I, I, um, I went back and saw them during, during the race, and I think uh, one of the one of the clearest things for me is um, you know how, how much it means to these guys as well because they were absolutely absolutely gutted um, with with what had happened. So. And obviously apologising, and um, and I, I was, you know, just 
basically it's it's really nice to be in a in a situation where uh, you feel like you know your whole whole team is is absolutely with you um, motivation wise as well to to succeed this year. So um, for me, it's it's you know it's just one of those things, and um, I was completely. I'm never going to hold something against my team. Do you feel you have a better chance this year of winning the championship with Carlin than as opposed to high tech? Well, I think anyway, in your second year, it's definitely a, a, you're in a better situation. You should be more experienced. And I think I'm feeling that for sure this year. But I think as well, the team changes uh, has only been good for me. And, um, you know, we've had a good, a good first couple of rounds pace wise. Uh, and to be honest, if, Obviously, excluding the the feature race, we were in a good position there. So if you if you look at the average quality we've had is I qualified sixth basically in both both events, which is not ideal, not where we want to be, but we still managed to uh, turn that into some really good points over the weekend. So um, you know we get on top of that, and from my side as well, I put the car higher up the grids. Uh, I think definitely the potential is there to be um, fighting for the title this year. And that was something you talked about to me over Christmas time. You said you need to qualify better. Are you, or are you still, is it still a work on? <laughs> yeah, i got to stop telling you that because I, I keep having the same interview and saying oh, I've got to work on qualifying. But no, it's definitely, um, honestly, situation so far, Bahrain, the Bahrain, to be fair, um, was uh, was on my side, but Jeddah, we had the potential to be on the front row um, fighting for pole. We just we didn't get that second lap was, uh, on a smooth circuit like that. Um, you, you you know normally that your second push you do is, is going to be the better lap, and uh, I did the first push, and you normally have like a half a second at least gain on that on that second lap. But I got traffic, and I didn't have enough. Um, there's a rule change this year, basically in F2, where you used to be able to refuel in between your two runs in, in quality, but um, basically now you have to fuel your whole session. So you have to write, set up your whole run plan wow. before qualifying. And if there's any red flags or anything like that, you can be, and that's basically what happened to us. So I never got to do the second push, um, which was which was annoying, but uh, still cars fast. Liam, I was looking at Carlin Motorsport, and you are an esteemed company because they have produced some champions. Uh, let me just name a couple. You might know these names. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, Nico Rosberg, uh, Daniel Ricciardo, George Russell, Carlos Sainz Jr., Lando Norris. Uh, you're in the right team, my friend. <laughs> no, I know. Very, very experienced, and it's something that I realised straight away. Well, I went to the factory for the first time after the Bahrain pre-season test, and I walked in and... Just in, uh, yeah, in, in Trevor's office, is an unbelievable amount of trophies. And uh, I, I had, a, had a quick tour around. And it's, it's very, very impressive. The history that's, that's there is obviously um, is very, very clear. And I think something that one of the things I feel at least uh, one of the big improvements for me this year is you can actually, with you know, the conversations you have with the engineers and things like that, these guys have been here for, for a long time and they're very, very experienced. Um, so for me, it's, yeah, it's it's um, it's only good. All righty. Uh, how itchy are you to hop back in that Alpha Tori and have a crack and a free practice on the new model? Very, very excited. Uh, obviously, I, I had the opportunity to do the, the post-season test um, last year, and I think that was, um, yeah, really, really cool for me to, to do. I've done the, I've driven the new car in the simulator, uh, and it's actually quite impressive how, how good the car is straight away. Um, I think, I, at least I was expecting, and I think a few people expect it to be a little bit further off, especially in year one of development. Uh, obviously, it's got huge potential now to, to continue to get faster and faster. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to, to hopefully get 
behind the wheel soon. Uh, potentially do one or two free practice sessions this year is definitely the target. Um, but on exactly what ones and things like that, I still have to find out. So, um, yeah, but excited to, to definitely hopefully get in the, in the seat soon. Mate, I hear you got a new flat, mate. Yeah, I got Matty Payne over here for a little bit. He's uh, He's been doing, uh, he did the race, obviously, over the weekends in, in Mugello. Um, and he's here for a little bit, staying for a couple of weeks. So, obviously, I grew up, I mean, I met Matthew in preschool. Uh, started go-kart oh, wow. racing with him at five, six years old. Um, and basically raced him for seven years. Went to school, hang, hung out with him every single day for five, six, yeah, seven years again. Um, and yeah, very cool that basically he's over here in Europe now as well um, and he's in the spare bedroom at the moment Well that must be really cool because it's always nice to have someone from home Mate, are you going fast? We are loving what you're doing Road and Cars livery looks great on the F2 machine so go well, be safe my friend Thanks Stephen, thanks very much for having me Liam Lawson here on Repco Race Control and uh, Murph, I've just seen Louis Sharp who is also a driver for Carlin Motorsport just pop up on his Facebook page having another seat fitting. Uh, he's put day one where he fell asleep uh, because he had uh, so much uh, jet lag and day 25 he's back into his new seat for his F4. We're going to talk to Trevor and Carlin from Carlin Motorsport which of course is uh, the team that Liam Lawson drives for. I, I like what Liam Lawson's doing and i got a funny feeling that this could be the year. <laughs> you only just like what he's doing now. Uh, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's the team. Maybe it's the team. I just things just no, look to look right. I think you've already. I, I, I think you've. I think you haven't been looking. Um, he's been doing amazing things for a long time. What are you talking about? <sighs> um, second year in GP t- and F two is always going to be. You know, be better. He's already proven himself. I mean, the team is going only going to give him more of what he needs to actually make make more of what he offers. So um, you know, he, last year he was he was super impressive. Last year he really was. There was a lot of things that were out of his control and didn't quite play out. But um, he's just growing and growing. He's only going to get better and better. And the interview with with uh, Trevor, you know, um, highlights how much the pit lane in, in a, at a Formula One race at F two race how much the pit lane is watching Liam Lawson. All right, seven forty six. This is Repco Race Control. If you want to know, if you want to win that Repco beer pong table, text us on the Timber Bed Post text line double eight double three, or call us like Mark from Quaker Hills in Sydney did oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Tell us what team F two team does Liam Lawson play uh, drive for. Seven fifty one on Repco Race Control. The last round of Repco Supercars was at Tasmania and Murph uh, yet again. SVG in the zone three from three. That was what did we what did we say on Sky Speed? What did you say? The dominator, the dictator. It was just it was, yeah. be- it was a beautiful performance to watch. Any any descriptive word that uh, talks about someone leaving basically everyone else in their dust because <laughs> that is what he did. Uh, qualifying was um, a little up and down. Uh, even had a bit of a bloody get together with Tim Slade in one of the qualifying sessions, which um, sort of maybe maybe stopped him from putting the, his uh, holding on pole. But um, just his his ability just to get through the you know the few cars at, at, at whatever times in front of him during the weekend three races, and then just he was playing. He just looked like he was playing, and he was in a league of his own. You know. Got caught up in a little bit of controversy, uh, controversy with um, 
some of his tactics down at the hairpin at the bu- Tasmania. The bullying. The bullying. Great. <laughs> you like it? Hey? His bullying of other drivers, tapping them, giving them a Who's nudge. Who called it that? Pardon? Who called it that? I just did. Oh, you did. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if we would call it that. I, I just think it's. I, I think he he's he's just smarter than the rest of them. He's yeah. just smarter. Um, he's a very and Roland Dane has always um, rated him as one of the smartest drivers, if not the smartest he's um, he's ever played with, and and he showed it again on the weekend. Just um, really really clever and smart, and 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 he's and he's he's annoying. He is so <laughs> annoying, right? He annoys the other drivers. So. It was it was brilliant. Um, I mean, there was other things going on at Tasmania other than him just uh, cleaning up the field. It was great to see Brock Feeney get his first podium. Uh, I think he's doing a superb job um, for only a couple of rounds into his uh, his tenure as a full time supercars driver. Um, um, there were some disappointments though, wasn't there as well? Oh gosh, WAU. I've been going on cracking on about WA, and even even Erebus, yeah, even Erebus were, were disappointing. They had high hopes, but we're sort of we're in nowhere. I mean, who surprised? Who surprised you? I mean, Reynolds was the great story. I think Reynolds getting a podium finally was a great story. Well, I think I think there was a good mix. So you know, if you look at the results, I mean, Jack LeBrock being on the front row for the third race, unfortunately, damage sustained. Uh, and race four earlier in the day on Sunday meant that um, he went to the grid with a car that certainly wasn't 100% and and then um, went ahead and locked up while leading down in the at the hairpin and off the track, which was really disappointing. But, you know, it's just that there's, there seems to be um, some good stuff going on, a mix-up inside the top 10. Uh, Hazelwood was, was showed some really good pace there too. As you said, David Reynolds on the, on the podium. So it's not... It's not the status quo. It's great to see Grove Racing. Uh, David Couchy is clearly yeah. having a, a big effect at uh, Grove Racing immediately, which is which is not unexpected, but probably a little unexpected that it's happening so quickly. But then again, consistency will be the the key there to see if if, if it was a fluke or not. Um, so there's lots of good things going on, but you know, there's some. It's so tight. I mean, I think the field the field in qualifying one of the races, whatever was was just a little over six tenths or seven tenths of a second. Very, very short racetrack. So it, it has that that sort of capability of mixing up the field because no matter how good you are, you only had to be just a tiny, tiny bit off or make the smallest mistake, and all of a sudden you were going to be um, down the field. So that's what I do like about Tasmania. I think the Grand Prix might be a little bit different coming Ooh, up in a yeah. few weeks' time. Yeah, not too, a couple of weeks, yeah, not too far away. And uh, just to note that uh, Shane Van Gisbergen uh, now has, what is it, uh, 58 race wins, 58 race wins. Yeah. So he just surpassed yeah. uh, Scott McLaughlin. I, I, I mean, with the Melbourne track is, is a, now officially, I think it has been for two years now, officially part of the championship, the Melbourne 400, isn't it? I think it might even be longer than that, but obviously we haven't raced we haven't raced there for the last two years, so that's um, been a little bit challenging. I, I, I can't remember. It was, yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be longer than what I think it is, that it's been part of the championship, but it is good that it is part of, yeah. of, uh, yeah. of it. It needs to be. Still looking for, I still want to see the Gen 3 cars sooner, but I know I can't have them for a little while later. Anyway, that's that's how it rolls. All right, this is Repco Race Control. It, you just I can't, just have, can't it. have it. This is Repco Race Control. Double eight double three is the Timber Bed Post text line. Tell us... Who does Liam Lawson race for in Formula Two? Call us. Call us. 0800 You'll find the answer on the next hour because Murph has had a wonderful conversation with the boss of Carlin Motorsport. Does that give you a clue? Trevor Carlin coming he next drive? here on Ripco Race Control. Maybe he does.
Just gone 8 o'clock on a Thursday evening, our regular session. This is Repco Race Control with McIver and Murph. The question of the day, what team does Liam Lawson drive for in Formula 2? If you get it right, you could win that Repco beer pong table before 9 o'clock this evening. The temper bedpost text line is double eight double three. Or you can just give us a bell. Oh, gosh, we had a call from, who was it, Mark? Was it Mark in Sydney? Quaker Hills in Sydney, you called us. Got to love that. Come on, Kiwis. Cut out the Aussies out doing us. 800 and recently I caught up with Trevor Carlin because obviously with uh, Liam Lawson and now Louis Sharp um, over there driving under his banner, we needed to um, get in and delve in and find out what he thought about those guys, but he also gave us a whole lot of other stuff too. Well, Trevor Carlin, hey, uh, mate, long time no see. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a chat, but I appreciate you uh, giving some time this morning. Uh, your time uh, before you head off up to Silverstone to check out on uh, one of the categories that uh, you look after. You're off to Silverstone. I, I am, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 good for me. It's just over an hour's drive, so I can you know sleep in my own bed and uh, cru- cruise on up. Um, yeah, the weather looking dry today. It was pouring down with rain yesterday, so uh, um, yeah. Hopefully, the guys will get a dry day. It's, it's on the full Grand Prix circuit, which is pretty cool for the youngsters. So yeah, they love it. They love it. Uh, yeah, that would be, be pretty special for, for those bo- uh, boys and girls, I'm sure. Hey, uh, what, uh, Carlin, at the moment, what uh, what categories are you involved in? We've, we're going to talk a little bit in a minute about um, uh, a couple of specific to us Kiwis, but uh, give us an overview of um, how much uh, work you're doing and how many cars you're running at the moment. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've had a bit of a, uh, a bit of a consolidation this year, actually. I, I, I know it's going to sound a bit weird, but we're, so we're just doing Brit, British F4, um, British F3, which is now called GB3, because the FIA refused to let us use the uh, F3 title for some random reason. Um, we're doing mm-hmm. a FIA F3, which is on the Formula 1 support grid. Um, and then we're doing Formula 2, of course, at the, uh, the top end. Uh, we were doing, uh, we've been doing IndyCar for the last four years, um, which was, you know, a great, a great challenge and was, was, was very interesting and was, it was fantastic to say we've done it. But at, at the end of the day, we, 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 you know, we didn't have the funding to, to take on the big guns. Um, and, you know, we, we, at Carlin, you know, we, we love the sport and we love racing, but we also we like to have a chance to be competitive and, and get the odd podium and the odd win. And, to, to, to keep turning up knowing you you know you're fighting for you know a good day's p9 um, um you know we were losing money and weren't winning so we, we decided to cut our losses it was a great journey we did the indy 500 you know three times um so it's nice thing to have on the cv but it's uh you know um, we're just going to come back here to europe and consolidate so yeah so f4 british f3 f3 and f2 that, that's our lineup just quickly get your opinion i mean um We've uh, us Kiwis obviously pretty well focused on uh, IndyCar at the moment um, with what's going on over there. Scott McLaughlin turning up. Um, just uh, and you've been in the world of the sport for so long. You've been around. You've seen so much Formula One. You've been involved in, in just the copious different uh, categories. What's your What's your thoughts about IndyCar as it sits at the moment and and where it's going in the in the future of that and how it's actually become come back to be so strong like it was back in the in the nineties and what its future you reckon is. Well, I mean, it's it's a phenomenal championship. Um, it's um, you know, the, it's really a, it, at the end of the day, it's a drivers' championship. The teams are are important because they 
because the drivers are um, the core part of it. The cars are so equal. So the, the teams are chasing the last couple of tenths in the car and the setup. Um, and it's then the down to the driver to make that last bit of difference to, to run it at the front. Now, what, what Scott's done um, is, uh, it, it, to, to my mind, is mind-blowing. Um, you know, to come from a, you know, a V8 supercar driver. And of course, he, he, he dominated in that. So that's one thing. Um, but, you know, Roger Penske and Tim Sindrick obviously saw something special when he was driving the, the V8 um, and, and decided to give him a chance in an Indy car. And um, I don't think people realize the difference in the, in the yeah. car. You do. You, you're a race driver. But um, the, the difference in the style of driving and preparation is, is staggering. So, so you, you know, now to sitting where we are today, to see what he did last year, he, you know, he... He had a good year, a good solid year. He was steady. He was, he was under the radar. No, no big issues, no big mistakes. A couple of decent results, and so now it's very obvious. He was last year was his it was learning year. Um, Penske weren't on top of it. I don't think Chevy were on top of it last year, but yeah. now Chevy have obviously upped their game. Um, Scott is ready, and I mean, wow, he, you know, he dominated the first race, and he he so nearly won the second race. <laughs> And and then that's on an oval. I mean, it, it's it's quite quite staggering. And uh, um, yeah, you know, I don't I don't know Scott. I've never met him. You see, so you know, it's difficult. All I all I can see from the outside and knowing how difficult IndyCar is, it's uh, um, it's amazing. And the health of IndyCar, I mean, is a massive investment at the moment. I mean, Penske are throwing everything at it. Ganassi, obviously, then go tit for tat because that's a big rivalry. Um, you've got McLaren have dived in there, spent an absolute fortune, um, not not really, you know, getting the results currently. So it's it's a it's an arms race, um, IndyCar at the minute, and that, and that's another reason why we stepped out of it. But yeah, the the level is 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 pretty damn competitive, I have to say. Well, you know, of anybody, um, you know what it takes to be to run at the front of any very very competitive championship. Um, you've seen it all. You've you've worked with. Uh, just an incredible array of drivers, and I suppose what I'm getting to, I, I, I know obviously know Scott, and I know uh, what what he's done to achieve what he's achieved, and it comes down to work ethic and putting the effort in, uh, just being so committed. Who, who's who's probably fits that that sort of mould? Uh, come, who comes to the top of your, your mind there as far as someone that just that just did every possible thing they could to to be the best. Uh, it's difficult to pinpoint, you know, any, any, any particular driver, really. I mean, they're all every, every you, you know, you know, there's every driver is slightly different and they all come from mm. different backgrounds. Um, there is, you know, there, there is a case for um, you, you tend to see the guys that come from a, you know, a not, not from a wealthy background yep. um, tend to have to work. Uh, you know they're 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 totally dependent to, to keep their career going to you know for dad to keep beg stealing and borrowing and trying to find that last bit of money to keep them in a car so so their motivation is is right up there but then of course you know there are there are some of the the, the wealthy drivers that you know are just really really good um and then they use their added benefit of extra mileage and things to yeah. you know to, to achieve the goals it, actually a, a good a good analogy, in a way, is, is, is George Russell and Lando Norris. Um, yep. They're both from the same um, generation, and, and you know, and, and George's family aren't poor. Don't, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, um, but George, um, 
you know, he didn't have the funding to get to, to get to F2. So, but Mercedes said to him, if you win F3 um, or GP3 as it was then, uh, we'll put you in F2. And if you win F2, we'll put you in F1. Um, so he went out and, and delivered. Whereas, you know, with Lando, Lando was obviously a talent when he was 10 years old. Um, and his dad realized that. And they sit and the dad said, well, we're going to turn this into a career for you. So you're going to have to work five days a week to be a racing driver. I said, I don't mind paying for it, um, so, but you have to work. So the kid was either driving a cart or a car or on a simulator or doing fitness training. And sometimes it was six days a week, you know, because he'd go racing. So he had to work so hard, but he, was, he, he had the natural ability um, to deliver as well. So they're both from slightly different backgrounds. Um, mm. And they both made it to, to the pinnacle. So, you know, as I say, they're all, all slightly different. Um, but, you, you know, really now, a bit, a bit like I just said about IndyCar, um, the level of drivers is getting higher. I think with yeah. Formula One now, um, the, the level has, has taken a step. Um, and, and really, it's, it's, um, it's, it's going to be, you're really going to have to get in on merit soon. The, you know, the, the sponsorship deals that have helped some drivers get in but probably aren't going to quite hack it anymore because um, yep. the teams, because of the cost cap, the teams are going to have that. They've got the money to run the cars now. So they, they, and the commercial yeah. side of the, 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 yeah. So they, they can start to choose and, and you know, and the way they're going to get more money is by getting prize money, which is means having the best drivers. So it, it's, yeah. Yeah, I see IndyCar and F1 really becoming a meritocracy, which is what they should be. They're the pinnacle of the sport. Um, yeah. and, the, and we should have the best of the best in those categories. So it's, it's great for us, the fans, and, and great for me helping bring those kids through. Trevor Carlin, who is Trevor, who is Carlin Motorsport, talking to Murph. The second part of the interview is not too far away. It's also part of our question of the evening too, because we're going to give the Repco beer pong table away before nine o'clock. What team does Liam Lawson drive for in F two? Get on it now on the Temper Bed Post text line double eight double three, or call us on 0800 150811. The second part of this fascinating interview with Trevor Carlin and Murph coming next. 8, 8.15, well, it is true, Murph. You've won four Bathurst 1000, so you, that don't, is true. you don't need to. The other, bit's, the other bit's a load of rubbish. What? What? What, what was the other bit, Murph? That one's good looking. What? <laughs> yeah, because neither, neither of us are. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Move on. I love the first part. What's in the second part of the interview with Trevor Carlin? Well, we had to then get into talking about uh, Liam Wilson and Louis Sharp. But I've, first up, I had to start on the negative, and it's what uh, Liam covered earlier on in the show and uh, what happened in the feature race uh, just on the weekends. You're in the bit with Jeddah. You're in the business of uh, running race drivers and being successful. Um, in the teams that you have uh, this year. Um, you've got, uh, obviously, Liam Lawson, and uh, recently, um, sort of out of the blue a little bit, um, young Louis Sharp. Let's start with, with Liam, and uh, let's, uh, let's start with the weekend. How uh, I'm going to start with the negative first. How devastated were you on, um, on Sunday seeing that uh, little error in the pit lane? Well, I mean, I'm, to be honest, I'm still I'm still not over it now yeah. um, because it's it you know it's it's, a, it's an instant race stopper um, you know it, it, it it's over um, and and you know it's ne- it's never a good thing but it, it's worse when you you had the, the the dominant driver and the dominant car 
of the weekend. I, I, you know, we, we, he, you know, the qualifying was a bit weird. I don't know if you saw it because when they had the red flags, the guys yeah. that had enough fuel to run the last five minutes, the track was super quick then. Um, so, but you know, we qualified P5, P6, whatever it was, and then and then really dominated race one. You know, super yeah. smart racing, stayed yeah. out of trouble, um, and and just dominated it. And 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 you could see the signs of exactly the same thing happening on Sunday. You know, he got himself into third place. Um, he was he was saving his. T- he still had tyres left. Um, you know, he still had options left. The car was that good. He wasn't pushing. But obviously, we had to cover cover out the other guys when they pitted. Um, you've, you've got to cover them in case there's a safety car. So we did the routine stop, um, and and it ju- it just went horribly wrong. You know, it's I, I feel so bad for Liam. I, f- I feel bad for the whole team. Um, the, the 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 one issue we've had, and it's not an excuse. It's something we always have to deal with. But um, as our drivers are transient, you know, our drivers come through us, they do F4 and F3 and F2 and then move on to F1. We have the same thing with uh, mechanics and engineers. Um, and of course, yep. so we, we have always had a bit of turnover with, with the crew every winter, only a couple of guys. But, you know, we, we have a, a staff limitation in, in, in Formula 2. You know, we're only allowed a, a certain amount of guys. And... Um, only you know, only six or eight of them work physically on the car. Um, so when you lose two people, it's normally one of them. So I had a, I had a new a new front jack guy um, who did a brilliant job in the first round, um, and you know his, his his work's excellent. But of course yeah. he hasn't he hasn't done it hundreds of times. So he you know he saw the guy come off with the gun. Yeah. Um, but he was coming. He was coming off with a gun because the nut had crossed. He was going to pick the spare gun up. Um, he saw. He saw him come off with the gun. I just assumed it's all. And we got these super trick, quick release front jacks, which are great yeah. and it all goes well. But but of course, when you pull the trigger on the jack, the car's on the deck and it and the the the, the car's going. It, you know, he really the front jack man controls the stop. Uh, he yeah. thought that the, the the nut was on. He dropped the car and, and off it went without a wheel nut on it. it wasn't even there. Um, yeah. And, you know, um, yeah, it, 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 it's soul destroying because, you know, you do all this practice and then just a, it's one it's one pull of a trigger and your race is ruined. So, you know, we, we've got a um, it, it, you've got to balance speed with reliability. Uh, you know, on the flip side, in, in Bahrain, in, 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 the, in the race, Liam Stott was the fastest of the, of the whole field. So, you know, um, and of course, then in Saudi Arabia, it's the slowest of the whole field, basically. Um, so, you know, we've got, to, we've got to temper that. We've just got to, you know, we've got to add a couple of seconds to the stop um, and then rely on, you know, Liam to, to do the business. And he would have done without it. Yeah. That's the thing. He knew, that's why he gutted. He knew he had it, you know. He, had it and uh, you know at least we've learned that lesson this weekend and you know we'll make sure it doesn't happen again so yeah so yeah. that's yeah yeah thanks for bringing it up <laughs> yeah I, yeah yeah i uh i, I didn't i knew you wouldn't uh, be uh, very happy about it but this this stuff does happen and, and it's a great explanation and understanding um that you've just given us about it um you know uh and i watching liam on the weekend and in, and in uh, Bahrain as well. I mean, his patience and 
his ability to read, um, obviously very good management and control as well with uh, those on the pit wall. But um, his patience and calmness has just become just so obvious and it's impressive. Now, tell me, when did you first take notice of Liam and uh, and how, you know, trying to uh, put in to words, you know, how do you see him as a race car driver compared to those that you've seen and, and how, how good is, is he? Well, I mean, I, I can't quite remember the years, but I mean, I, I first uh, remember uh, Liam from when he was doing TRS um, yep. in New Zealand. Um, and, uh, you know, I used to, well, I still do. I have lots of bants with, uh, you know, on messages with Murray Taylor. Um, and, you know, we, we were messaging about Liam and Liam's, you know, Murray's giving Liam the big hard sell, um, you know, <laughs> trying to push him. And uh, so, so I was, I was, I was fully aware of of Liam from back in those days. And then, of course, Liam came over and did the, uh, um, he did some stuff with, he did it F three and Euro Formula, um, with with Red Bull, um, and his teammate was Yuki Tsunoda, um, and pretty much every time I watched uh, um, a Euro Formula race, um, there was Yuki and Liam, teammates going hell for leather, bashing each other off the road, and. Uh, either winning or crashing and having a lot of fun to be honest so and so that that really got my excitement going for for Yuki and Liam um the the following year Helmut decided to uh, uh to put Yuki straight into F2 um and Helmut asked me if I would be like to run Yuki and I said absolutely yes I love the way he raced um he decided that year to keep Liam in F3 um, I think he didn't have the budget for two F2 you know, two cars yep. um and, and then, of course, uh, I, I didn't get the offer, the, the chance of having Liam uh, for 2021 um, yep. uh, because another team had gone out there and, and done a really cheap price. And Helmut, you know, even though they've got all the money in the world, they do go for the cheap deal sometimes. <laughs> um, so, so I didn't even get I didn't even get a look in for Liam, which, which is a shame. But obviously, there being then at the race weekends, I saw him racing. Um, and you know, and, and that was what a, a, a attracted me even more to him. His racecraft and his race skill, as you say, his spatial awareness and his patience—not uh, always his patience, because he had a couple of little exciting mm. moments last year. Um, but but you know, he he was tough. Um, and 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 you know, we I've, I've you know been around a long time, and I love motor racing, and I, and I like someone that puts their elbows out, someone that's fair, um, but really charges. So I was really attracted to Liam and. And when, you know, I was starting to look at, our, we, we were quite a lot, we were quite big demand at the end of 21 for our seats. Um, and top, top of my list was Liam. Um, and Helmut asked me for a budget and I gave him a budget and he said he couldn't afford it. Um, and I said, well, that's, I'm not, I, can't, I cannot do it any cheaper. It's, you know, I've got people that will pay a lot, lot more. But this is my bottom line. Um, and, and I held out. And, and, but as it, as it happens, um, Liam wanted to drive for us, um, and he he had pretty much said to Helmut, "If it, uh, I'm only want to drive for Carlin, if I can't drive for Carlin, I'll go and do GTs or something," um, which was a pretty you know pretty good thing, you know, bless him. Um, and and thanks to you know thanks to Red Bull and and then you know there's a there's a huge bunch of guys in New Zealand and and, and Mr David Dicker from Rodin, um, they they stepped up and found some more budget and, and we managed to get to the right price point, and and, and the rest is history. So I'm I, I'm over the moon. He was my number one draft 
um, and, and we yep. got him. And and I and I hopefully, you know, the, that's why the pressure, you know, that's why the pit stop's such a disaster because yep. we could have had a, we could have been stretching our legs already. Um, so um, yeah, it, it's I, I wanted Liam in the car. He was my you know, my first pick, and he, he's doing everything I wanted. There's still a few areas we can help him with. Sure. Um, but that's that's brilliant. That's brilliant because he because he's not at his full potential yet. There's still a little bit more, um, and if we unlock that for him, wow, he's going to be he's going to be hard to beat. What is the uh, what's the pit lane pit lane that you know, that European or the F1 F2? What's the pit lane vibe? I mean, there's a lot of very very talented young drivers. Um, it's just obvious watching the racing, but um, you know there must be a pretty good uh, sort of chat around around him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone's everyone sees, um, you know, that he's he's one of the favourites. There's there's Tio Tio the, the the French driver, the young, very yeah. young French driver. He he he's 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 very fast. Um, and Yuri Vips, who's a bit more experienced now, but you know they're they're the three that are the main guys in this hunt. And and I would say from what Liam's done so far, um, you know, people will be looking at him to be you know the, the favourite. I would say. Absolutely. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, we 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 love watching him. He's, he's um, you know he's really starting to build a uh, a lot of recognition in this part of the world, and, and obviously that comes with success. But uh, we, we're so excited about that relationship that uh, you've got with him. Now, moving into a, a, a different end of the scale, there, uh, young Louis Sharp, who's uh, rocked on over there. I think has he turned sixteen? Oh, no, sixteen yet to be able to do his first round, or is that coming up? Mate, he's fourteen. Oh, fourteen turned fifteen. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no he, he he doesn't he doesn't turn fifteen until May. Um, oh, so he he misses round. He, he'll miss round one, um, but he'll be ready for round two. Now um, we we we've managed to get him dispensation to to test. <clears throat> Um, so he's been he's been out testing. We've done I think we've done five of the, the circuits now, um, but you know he's, it's the, the deal happened so late and there's been a, a massive sh- because we've got brand new F4 cars this year. Um, there, there's been a shortage of supply, um, so we, we only got uh, Louis's new car um, Tuesday morning this week. Um, so <laughs> the guys worked all, all night last night um, building it up. We're hoping to give it a shakedown. On Friday, um, ready for ready for a test next week. But it's it's been fine because he's been driving the old Miguel car. Um, we we turned the power up a little bit to to get it more similar in performance to the new car. And and to be fair, he's been, he's been doing a mega job. Um, he I mean he, he he landed in New Zealand on you know on a Saturday. Um, he came to the factory on the Sunday for a seat fit and to meet us and go on the sim. <laughs> and he was he was on track um, on the Monday. So, you know, he was, and he, he was cool as you like it. You know, he got over the jet lag quick. I'm not sure his dad did. Um, yeah. His poor old dad, you know, he's, uh, uh, he, he's got the jet lag and then he's got to sit around all day, you know, getting bored. But uh, he was, he, he just turned up, he fitted in. He's, 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 a, he's a lovely kid. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to say um, he's quick because we, yeah. we, we've got, we've got two, He's got two really good teammates who've done a ton of testing this year already. 
Um, and we, we went to uh, we went to Knock Hill last week in Scotland, you know, miles away. <laughs> and and we actually we, we actually we actually used um, the old cars for that test because it's it's a real car killer and the engines yep. and it was only to learn the circuit. So we had all, all three drivers <clears throat> in the old cars. Um, and um, Louis was he ended up P two out of our three, but it was like a, a tenth of of P one. And that's against a guy that's raced at that track. So already he's picked it up. He's had, he's had no incidents. He's had no crashes. He had one little run through the gravel, um, you know, and that's after eight days of running and in bad weather, narrow British circuit. So, you know, the, the signs are really good. Obviously, we're not getting excited yet because there's a long way to go. He's got a long journey to go. But um, first signs are really, really encouraging. And uh, I, I, I'm chuffed a bit. So I've got a brilliant, I've got a brilliant lineup. I really have. Yeah, listen. I mean, he's um, he's gone a long way in a very short period of time, and uh, we've seen him grow up from uh, when he was uh, six and seven years old racing carts. And you know, he's um, he's growing, but not that quickly. But um, his again, the the cool calmness and the his ability to to you know, just you know sponge everything and actually put it you know put it where it all needs to be at his young age is is quite phenomenal. So I mean, we're super excited about uh, how he's going to go too. So I mean, you've got a you got an amazing, amazing season ahead. Um, it must be sometimes pretty bloody stressful, mate. You, you know what? The, the, the most stressful bit is is getting the lineup finalised. Um, so you know, to to get to get good drivers in all the categories, that's the stressful part. Uh, once you've done that, all of a sudden, because you've got good drivers and you've got a good team, then the results come, and of course, it's not stressful. It's stressful when yeah. you're losing. Um, that, that's, that, you know that it's it, it's yeah. if if you're winning or if, you, if you're competitive, nothing stressful. It's fun. You can work all night. It doesn't matter if you're competitive. Um, so um, it, it, it's when when you're not getting the results, it's stressful. So you know we don't we don't mind. We're we're we're, we're loving it. When we've got fast drivers, um, then we're very very happy. And we and we've managed that um, in in. In, in, in all four championships, F, uh, the FIAF three things a tough gig for us. We've really struggled yeah. the last few years for whatever reason, but we've got one very very fast driver in that um, who's a rookie, um, Zach O'Sullivan. So we're hoping he'll do good things for us. We're not expecting to to win the championship, but if we can get some podiums and things and start a building process with him, so that so that with F four British F three you were strong, um, and F two obviously we're, we're looking really good. So it yeah the. Um, the stress is off for a moment. Trevor Carlin talking to mate. That, that was fascinating, absolutely fascinating. But the one thing that blew me away was when he said about getting Liam into his team, and Liam said, "Well, actually, I want to go to Carlin." As he said, Liam put the cosh on Red Bull. That's where I want to go. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you've got to be where you know you're going to be comfortable, and and when you're in the paddock, you know he was in the paddock all year last year, and. You know, you get to know people, you get to see things, you you know, people talk, people chat. And, and Lem's, as we've seen, has matured and, mm. and grown and has got a pretty good brain on his shoulders. And, you know, he obviously worked out that's that's felt like or looked like the place where he was going to be able to, uh, to utilise his skills and excel. And, um, you know, so far they're working together other than that mix up and that little that that uh, really disappointing little moment there which he explained so well in the pit lane that uh, went wrong at jitter on the weekend you know they've 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 started very well nice to hear that he says louis louis sharp straight out of the gate fast well he has been well right. and, and again not really surprised to be honest um 
and, and it's a big daunting uh, oh. world over there. And it's, it's all new. Everything's brand new. Every day is new for him. Um, so to hear him say that and, and probably just, you know, confirm what we were hoping was going to be right, um, you know, to be dealing with all that stuff as well as getting in a little car on tracks and a new car on tracks he's never seen before and doing what he's doing. Yeah, man, that uh, that fella has got um, got a bright future. Yeah, the, the learning curve is enormous. This is Repco Race Control. It's 8.33 with MacIver and Murph. If you would like to win the beer pong table, what team does Liam Lawson drive for in F2? We've just spent the last 30 minutes talking to the guy that owns the team. Okay, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. That's oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Trevor Cullen, and uh, the Timber Bedpost text line is double eight double three. At the Copa Copa Cabana, hardest join north of Havana. At the Copa, come on, what am I? What am I leading to? What am I leading to, Murph? Um, oh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Ah, I got it. <laughs> Barry Manilow in, in house. Yes, Las Vegas announced today as the third American blimmin' F1 circuit from next year. Amazing what a drive to survive series can do, eh? Because I reckon that's what it's, that's one of the reasons it's there. Because you've got to ask the real question here, Murph. If, the, if it was such a cool sport, why didn't they have three before? But suddenly drive to survive, now everybody wants to be part of it. Am I right or am I wrong? No, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. I think Liberty uh, has done a great thing. But let's just I'll just backtrack slightly. Yep. There's been actually a lot of conjecture, a lot of chat about the whole Drive to Survive mm. Season 4. I don't know if you've seen I've seen bits of, of it, yep. And to be honest, I'm, I've only watched – I've watched two of the current season and – and it's actually turned me off. I, yep. I've got no interest to watch the rest. Yep. Um, I agree with what Max Verstappen came out and said in the last couple of days, um, is that he doesn't want anything to do with it. And it's actually the the way that they are editing it and using stuff that is not in context with what's actually being done has actually put me off. And I think they're, they're, for something that was so good and that had so much potential, I think they've actually done a lot of damage in the last short while. So they really need to turn that around and sort their shit out because it's um uh it is it's average it's really really average and it's and you can just tell how much it's fabricated um so that's that's a real shame because I want to enjoy it because I really did enjoy season one season two season three started to become a little contrived yeah, a little bit yeah. a little bit um not right and now season four is over the top bad yeah um and I think and and the problem they're going to have and there's lots of meetings going on about it, is that drivers are going, if you're going to keep doing this, we've just got no interest in yeah, being involved. And, 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 uh, and as soon as you lose your talent and something like that, yeah, she's all over yeah. Red But let's focus, mate. Let's focus is going to be huge. Wow. Um, that's, um, Have you had a look at the track? It's phenomenal. It's a, it's a big collaboration, too, between a lot of a lot of parties and that, including Formula One. Um, so that's the track. I mean, it's just, it'll be a spectacle. I mean, Las Vegas, Formula One. Pits, pits, not going pit stop at the pokies. Pit, pit stop at hey? the pokies. Pit stop at the pokies. Then at the roulette yeah. table and away you go. Yeah. I mean, they go past the Bellagio, the, the Venetian Caesars Palace. Imagine what it's going to cost to get a hotel room in, uh, in Vegas. <laughs> oh, but how cool, man. 6.12 kilometres, three straights, 14 corners, a chicane section, top speed is, what's, what's 212 miles an hour? 
Like, oh, it's about 340, 350 kilometers. It, it, it looks like a really nice co- sounds and looks compact, but the fact that it's going to be at night on a Saturday night and the lights of Vegas, man, it's showtime. And they, I reckon they've hit on it because I'm not sure what Miami's going to be like. Oh, I think, yeah, well, uh, that remains to be seen. You're absolutely right, um, which isn't far away, is it? It's uh, no. coming up um, after. After Australia, I can't remember. You must be excited about it. When you mentioned Australia, you must be excited at the fact that F1's back at Melbourne, right? I mean, that's just it. Just it just feels right that they're back. At... Yeah, no question. Um, it's been two years. I mean, it was. Yeah, I think there'll, there'll obviously be a lot of reference to when it all fell apart the last time. I mean, um, you know, COVID COVID came along and and uh, changed the world. And in, in March, will change Australia, change New Zealand. March two years ago, so just over two years ago. So, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people are going to be very excited. A lot of tickets sold, and and um, that and it'll be similar. It'll be a similar thing as soon as we get confirmation and 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 it's and tickets go on sale for Pukekohe. I mean, it, we, you know, people oh, yeah. are just going to want to get to one of these, get to a supercar, get to a motorsport event, and you know, it'll it's going to be enormous. So now I'm looking, looking forward to seeing how that all rolls out in a couple of weeks. Oh no, next week. At um at um Albert Park in, in Melbourne. There's been a lot of changes to that track too. People have probably forgotten, but last year there was a whole lot of planning and and prep around uh, changes to the circuit, which uh, are going to make things very interesting. Interesting for F1. Um, I've, I've definitely made parts of it a lot faster than what it was, um, and opened up a few corners. So that's that's something to look forward to as well. I had to I had to giggle to myself reading George Russell to saying, "Oh no, we're still in the hunt for the championship. We've hardly even started the season." Uh, Mercedes, we're, we're still in the hunt. I'm going. Can you believe that? Well, are, are you nervous, George? Do you think you don't have a winning car? I mean, let's let's give it a break. But I got to say, loving Ferrari being there. Happy for Max. Loving Ferrari. Loving Haas. I feel, I feel, I feel for <laughs> Mick Schumacher. Loving I'm loving Haas for one reason, and it comes back, sadly, as you might say now, to drive his vibe because we love Gunter. <laughs> we, don't we love well, him when he's happy? Because when he's happy, no, he's not. He's the best man in the world. When, when he's not, he's it, a cranky old bugger. He's not happy. He's not happy at all well, right now um, because that crash of uh, million bucks. Mr. Schumacher is, is, is around a um, million dollars, they oh, reckon, that jump that just cost I feel sorry. F1. I know, but I, just the fact that the, the field's a little bit different now. The And, I, I'm you know, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I, I reckon the Ferrari engines are making a difference. You know, you no, are, they are making it. Oh, my God. You, you, you argued you, with see, me last you've, time. You've got out. very selected hearing. You've got very selected hearing. What? They are making a difference, but it's not – you, you you can't you, you don't win and you're not successful just because of your power unit. If the thing doesn't go around the corners in Formula One, if your car doesn't go around the corners, it doesn't matter how much power you got, you are not going to be successful. You know what? You know what? If you're faster than anyone else, your engine's better. You win. You win. Well, you know what? I mean, at the end of the day, what is very true, probably the 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 most factual statement ever, Ricky Bobby. If you're not fast, you lie. <laughs> I mean, you're not first, I mean, you're last. If you're not first, you're last. But it was a nice. No, it was not a, fast. No, it's first. Sanjay, Sanjay, Sanjay just told me, and I remember Ricky Bobby, Ricky Bobby. You're not first, you're last, son. You're not first, you're last. I like fast better. <laughs> I, I actually, like, you I know like what? Fast. I think that's. I think that's. That's a very good one too. It's eight forty-four. All right, last chance because we're going to ring a winner very soon for our Repco beer pong table. What? Team does Liam Lawson drive for in Formula Two, Carlin Motorsport? 0800 150811 or Timber Bedpost text line double eight double three. 
Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. 849, this is Repco Race Control with McIver and Murph. That's what I want Murph to do. Hit the road, Jack, to Bathurst and finally get back in the car with Richie Stanaway. Murph? Ah, uh, Murph? Is it going to happen this year? I don't know. <laughs> Man, the, the the enjoyment and the excitement with you about Vathus is... Enthusiasm. I think you're looking for enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. You're right there, pal. Uh, don't, don't you want to... I, I mean, I, you, I are you know. still working it's, out of that, um, that flash place in the Hawke's Bay? That, uh, what is it, the... Some flash place? Where are you working out? The Where were you working out? What are you talking Working out? Yeah, weren't you working out? You know, working out, getting yeah. fit to drive the car. Um, just a gym. <laughs> I thought it was like the um, some technical place, like a high performance app place. Yeah, well, it is, but it is, it, that's what they call it. Mate, it's, it's like not... trying to get blood out of a stone with you at the moment. Well, I just, well sometimes it's hard to know where you're going. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All righty. Uh, what is the answer, Murph, to the question? Liam Lawson drives for what team in Formula 2? The answer is? It's not Skoda. I can tell you that. Oh, God, just answer the question. What is the answer? Carlin. Carlin Motorsports. All right, Michael Burrows is on the line. G'day, Michael. How are you? Yeah, Stephen. How are you? Good, man. Sunny Hawks Bay. Uh, so can you just repeat the answer? Where, who does Liam drive with? Uh, Carlin Motorsport. Are you a follower of F2, F1, F3 supercars? Are you a, a petrol head type of individual? Uh, I follow everything with wheels. You follow everything with wheels. Okay, so what's the weirdest thing you follow with wheels? Mm, unicycle racing. Oh, you know now. Now you're just taking the taking the pee out of us on that one. Uh, do do you do you like four wheels? I mean, do you, Murph and I love MotoGP and World Superbikes. Uh, are you that sort of guy? Are you really sort of like a, a four wheel sort of bloke? Uh, mainly four wheels. Um, yeah, rally, WRC, IndyCar. Um, oh, okay. It's interesting you started with rally first. I mean, you must be then pretty stoked that uh, all the big guns are coming down at the end of September for uh, Repco Rally New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, and no, I'm looking forward to that. So actually crewing on uh, um, a Group A Challenge car for that, for oh. that round. So oh. um, off, off to uh, Dunedin uh, next weekend. Oh, oh and, so you um, are definitely Mr. Rally. Yeah, yeah. Now, last weekend in um, Taupo, saw you... Uh, Walking around with your uh, fluffy microphone. Um, were you, yeah. Were you stalking? So, um, were you stalking me? I didn't. You didn't see you. Did, <laughs> why didn't you come up and say hello rather than stalk you me? You didn't ask me for an interview. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, guess. Okay. So, what do you like at beer pong? Uh, to be honest, never played. Um, <gasps> but um, yeah, never no, played um, beer pong. Oh my no. goodness! Well, you're going to get the chance now because congratulations, you have won the Repco beer pong table, my friend. Sanjay will get all your details and it'll be on its way to you. And uh, thanks for being part of Race Control. Anything you'd like to ask us briefly before time runs out? Well done, Mark. Um, yeah, thanks, Murph. Um, I did ask Murph uh, during the weekend um, about uh, NASCAR at Le Mans next year. Oh. Um, with Hendrix Motorsport, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so looking forward to that. 
All right, mate. Well, congratu- yeah. congratulations, mate. You are a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Michael gets the Repco beer pong table. That's that's pretty cool, actually. Yes, NASCAR at Le Mans. Yeah, that I saw that the other day. Was that that's interesting, right? Hey, what's yeah, what's very. been um, NASCAR? I'm told back on Sky. We're pretty stoked about that, which is all very exciting. Yeah. But uh, you know, I was just looking through. There hasn't been a repeat winner so far this year. No repeat. No, winner. no it's, it's a it's got off to an amazing start and and. Um, Kyle Larson's way down the order. He's had three DNFs so far this season after uh, a race win as well. So the series uh, winner from last year, not having a great one, but the race at Cota, mm-hmm. Circuit of the Americas on the weekend, went down to the wire. It was another rip snorter, <laughs> Stephen. Um, okay, but I, I, I saw bits of it, Murph, but I'm still not convinced. You know, we've had uh, this Rock discussion. Uh, he, he, he got the job done in the end. A very, very good job. He got... Pushed out of the way by AJ Allmendinger on a few corners to go. <laughs> uh, Alex Bowman was in on in the action as well. And then Chastain went, uh, mate, so I can play that game. And absolutely just uh, smashed into Allmendinger. Knocked him out of the way. He crashed into Bowman. And Chastain came through to win his first NASCAR race. So it was, uh, it was all on. I mean, they were complaining on the weekend at Supercars. They were going, oh, is it too hard? He's, you know, Shane Van Gisberg is roughing us all up. Oh, it's all too hard. These guys, oh my goodness! You want to watch hard racing? Watch NASCAR. Uh, but and, uh, I'm no still complaining. Yeah, Let's but I'm still, I'm still, I'm still not convinced with the car. I doesn't look like a NASCAR. I'm sorry, I, I oh, had, never I had Let's this. Get over it. Well, I, well, it's I, like the Gen Three. You're going on about Gen Three supercar being the best thing you've ever seen since sliced bread, what? and basically. Uh, the new uh, NASCAR is, a, is is almost just a cheaper version of what yeah, we've got. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I just there's something about it. There's just something that doesn't feel right. Anyway, uh, DTM quite surprised that Red Bull seemed to be. Remember when Liam had that trouble last year? Got you know Team Order saw him lose the DTM title, and I thought Red Bull weren't going to be part of it. And suddenly, up pops nine-time World Rally Champion Sebastian Loeb, potentially going to drive a Red Bull Ferrari. What gives? Well, that's I don't because, understand. Yeah, but hold on, you've missed. You, you know that Nick Cassidy's driving a oh, Red Bull Ferrari. No, he's driving an Alfa Tori Ferrari. That it's Red Red Bull. That's Red Bull. It's still Red Bull. Alfa Tauri is Red Bull, Stephen. You need to need to do uh, your homework. Uh, but no, they're all I, linked. They're the same thing, effectively. It's just a brand. It's just a different brand. It's just a, a clothing, whatever it is. It but is it's Alfa Tori's brand. Day, it's Red Bull. I just don't understand uh, that when they said they didn't want to be part of it because of what happened to Liam last I don't year. Know. Did they ever say they that? They did that. They came they... out. I think Helmut came out and said that. You know, we're not going well, to be part of this because of what is going on. It's not good well, enough. Well, they all went down and sat down, and, and um, the, the, the Gerhard Berger and all his crew went and uh, went to and saw Dietrich Masek, who is the boss oh, yeah. of Red Bull, yeah, and yeah. sat down with him and apologized and said, We're very sorry, and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> there's an article on Autosport about it. And, um, okay. and basically, uh, they're back in. But there's 29 cars. Registered for DTM, and no team orders are allowed after what happened no last year. Allowed. No team Jeez. orders. I've done that last year, eh? Okay, all right, Murph. Uh, another cool show. Talk to you at the weekend. No, are we doing anything this weekend? No, I'll actually see you at Hampton Downs on Monday. We'll do Sky Speed from there ahead of the uh, National Endurance Championship final. Okay. Okay. Whatever you say, Stephen. You're the boss. Yep, that is true. I am the boss. This is Repco Race Control with Mackay from Murph. We shall see you next week. 0800-150811 or the Timber Bedpost text line double eight double three. Anytime you want to talk to us when we're on the air, you feel free. Catch you next week.